Simmer down, simmer down, simmer down. Good morning. My name's Jeff Hostetler, and maybe you, you in the front can read my uh, awesome name tag I just got. Um, I was recently a student here, and about six weeks ago made the transition from student to faculty member. I'm now an admission counselor here at Goshen College, um, and it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. And then uh, <laughs> two weeks ago, we had faculty retreat, um, and I just, I just might say that uh, any sense of uh, professionalism that I thought that the faculty had um, after 9 o'clock was completely lost. Um, there was this one thing where all the vice presidents got up and, uh, and did a whose line is it anyway skit. And among other things, uh, I think uh, Will Jones uh, took the cake with, uh, he played roadkill. And how you can imitate that is beyond me. Um, Dean Stalter, uh, she was uh, Michael Phelps. And uh, Jim Histon had the honor of being Jim Brenneman's uh, long-lost twin. And that took forever to guess. So... Uh, it was hilarious. Good times. So there's, now that I'm on the inside, uh, it's, it's been an interesting experience. <laughs> Today I have the uh, pleasure of introducing President Jim Brenneman, who will later this morning be talking about living the core values. Um, I first met Jim as a student my sophomore year, being on the inauguration planning committee, and it was where I met him and his family, and I found him to be um, very uh, approachable and uh, energetic and um, as I've come to know Jim more uh, throughout my time here and now uh, through professionally, um, I truly believe that he's one of the best examples of living our core values uh, as an institution. And uh, I'm proud to welcome Jim to the stage. Jim. Thank you. Welcome, Maple Leafs. It's so good to have you back. This summer has been rather, it's one of the driest on record. It's been hot, and it's been pretty dead around here. You, the lifeblood of the institution, in many ways, have come back to revive us, and it's so exciting to have you here. Although I know, I know that a, a number of you actually did uh, spend part of your summer making this place look beautiful for all of us as we come back onto campus. And if you were here this summer as students and helped out in the physical plant, painting, in the offices, doing any work this summer to help us prepare for the fall, will you stand and we will, we'd like to honor you. Sitting on the edges here, out on the fringes, and a few up around the, the top, we have the other great source of life here at the college, and that is our faculty, our staff, our administrators. And would you all give it up for them? Would you all stand? So we can... Now, the majority of you here this morning are returning students. If you're returning to Goshen College, will you stand? Some of you, though, are here for the first time. If you're here for the first time at Goshen College as new students, transfers, will you stand? All right. 
Now, if you happen to be from, the great, from great states and great countries outside of Indiana, will you stand? the great state of Indiana. Will you stand, please? <laughs> now, some of you, unfortunately, those who, uh, among us who already left on SST to China, they did a few uh, days ago, but if you are here this morning and you're heading out for, uh, is it Peru and um, Jamaica? Will you please stand so we can send you off with our love? All right. God bless you in your going. We will be thinking of you and, and watching the blogs to, to hear of your experience there. Now, one last group I'd like to stand. All of those of you who nearly drowned me in the dunk tank on on Monday evening. Will you please stand? Uh, one, all right. Two. All right. Now I've got you. Uh, there's two more of you out there, I think, as well. So I'll be looking for you the rest of the semester. At any rate, welcome to one and all. And uh, we're so grateful that you are here with us. And let's enjoy this year together. Thanks for being here. to all of you. I'm Deb Brubaker. I am a professor in the music department and we're getting ready to sing together. One of the things that the Goshen College community does very well, whether it's in chapels, whether it's in late night sings, whether it's on the soccer field, whether it's serenading the volleyball, 
team is we sing together very well. So hopefully you all received a purple sheet, a little half sheet. And could, if we could have the house lights up so everybody can see those half sheets, what we're going to do is we're going to learn the Goshen College alma mater, the song that you just heard. Now, let me give a little bit of a disclaimer here and say that this is a very old song. And um, it's probably also the only alma mater in all of the world that starts out with five beats to the measure, uh, which is kind of an interesting, I suppose we could like extrapolate that into some kind of philosophical comment about Goshen College, and, but we won't. Um, what we do is we start off in unison. There's a spot in Indiana where the leafy maple grows. And then at the end, we launch into this four-part thing. Now, if you're not used to singing the four-part thing, just go ahead and sing on the top, sing the melody. You heard it sung twice already, and I think we can do better than that without a major pause in between verses. So what we'll do is we're actually going to start with the bottom half of the sheet with Goshen College Ever Singing. Then we'll go to that funny, interesting first verse, and then we'll sing the chorus again. And that's all we're going to sing this morning. And then we have another song to learn. So the Goshen College alma mater starting on the bottom. sit down yet. I want you to do something. If you can, with one eye, sing that chorus again. And with the other eye, I want you to look at one of the ASL folks and see how they're signing our alma mater. And maybe it's something we can all learn how to do eventually, but it's a wonderful image. So let's sing that chorus again. a history of this college, and if you think, well, gosh, I don't know that song, that's okay. Uh, it's one of those songs that I learned when I was five, four or five years old. My parents used to bring me here to the college, to, to college basketball games, and believe it or not, at every halftime, 
the entire group of people would rise and sing this, and that's how I learned that song, was kind of sitting on my parents' knee. And um, it's, it's a good song because it tells of the history of the college, but you know what else is wonderful about this place is that we're continuing to make history. And this morning when we had those fabulous drummers bringing us in, I thought, this is really a musical face of Goshen College right here. And so perhaps it's time for us to make a new alma mater that reflects who we are now while not giving up what we have in our past. I think it's something that we can begin to pursue. Something else that's our musical history is on the other side of your purple sheet, and if you'll turn that over. This is actually a song that is in the blue hymnals that we have over in the college church, Teach Me Thy Truth. And if you notice right under the title, there's a little word that says Goshen. Every tune that's in a hymn book has a name for just the tune, not even the words. And this tune is named Goshen because it was written by two Goshen professors, Edith Whitmer and Walter Yoder, back in the 30s, the early 30s. And they were teaching here, and they said, well, we have an alma mater, but we don't have a song that all of us can sing together when we get together, like at these kinds of situations. And so they wrote this one. And we're going to sing through it. And what I'd like to do is to have... Uh, everyone who wants to sing the melody, sing the first verse through just on the melody. Okay, And notice that at the beginning of every line, there's kind of a, an empty note there, a white note. That's a, a note where it's called a gathering note that we all make sure that we know that we're on the right pitch. So it would be... Teach me thy truth, O mighty You always have that long note to kind of make sure you're all together and on the right note. Then it goes up kind of high on the third, the third phrase, and then it comes back down. So can I hear everybody? Why doesn't everybody just sing the melody on that first, that first verse? service, Lord, for thee, refers to our motto, which is culture for service. Now, I'm going to have the sopranos sing that line, and I want the altos to sing the next line down. Men, you go ahead and listen to what they're doing. I'm going to have tenors join on the tenor line in the third verse, and then basses on the bottom line on the fourth verse. And if you're sitting next to somebody and you're not quite sure where you're supposed to be, ask them. That's what we're here for, is to teach each other. So make sure that the person sitting next to you knows what's going on. And we'll start with Sopranos.
Amen to that song, beautifully sung. Did you know that almost everything you learned the first year here at Goshen will be outdated by the time you're juniors? Sorry, seniors, you have to start all over again. We live in such a rapidly changing world that it's almost impossible to keep up with the data flow. Did you know, for example, that the number of text messages that you send and receive each day exceeds the total population of the planet? Not you particularly, but my teenage son, perhaps. (laughs) Did you know that there are five times as many words in the English language as there were in, in the time of Shakespeare? Did you know that this week's worth of New York Times contains more information than a person was likely to know in their entire lifetime in the 18th century. Did you know that if my space were a, were a country, it would be the 11th largest country in the world? If sheer information overload isn't overwhelming enough, maybe you feel like some 2,200 of your fellow undergraduate college students who last March answered a survey for the Associated Press. In this survey, they expressed how stressed out they seemed to always be. Some were so frazzled and overwhelmed that they couldn't sleep. Others couldn't eat, if you can believe that. Others still doubted about how they have felt um, accepted, perhaps. They were overwhelmed about leaving their families, about grades, about relationships, roommates, who they might meet, time management problems, majors, body image, identity, the job market, spiritual commitments. Some of the students even replied that they were fairly stressed out about thinking about spring break where they would go. Sometimes college life can be a bit overwhelming, as life itself can be overwhelming. Justin Timberlake knows this well, who recently said, every relationship I've been in lately, I've overwhelmed the girl. They just can't handle all the love, he said. Well, too much love, too much knowledge, too much of almost anything can overwhelm us at times of our life. As the old joke says, how many students, how many college students does it take to change a light bulb? Two. One to change the bulb and one to crack under the pressure. Not you, of course. In all honesty, at Goshen College, we can't shield you from many of life's pressures or questions that you may have or that you may have while you're here about yourself, about relationships, about faith, nor would we necessarily want to shield you from all of those pressures. The exciting part about college in general, and Goshen College in particular, is we do promise to offer the sacred space to explore the very ideas that life, uh, when life seems overwhelming, and we need to work them out. We promise to do that in a loving community that very much wants for you to succeed in college and in life. Now, to put life into perspective a bit at Goshen College, we invite you to consider living the core while you're here and long after you leave. What do I mean by living the core? 
Before answering that question, I need to remind us of some of the basic facts of life, the birds and bees of existence, that influence how we at Goshen College frame the teaching and learning experience. Hundreds of years before Christ, both Greek and Indian philosophers imagined the core to existence be made up of elemental, eensy-teensy bits of matter that were indivisible and could be labeled the foundation blocks of the universe. The Greeks named this basic building block the atom. The atom, the word meaning that which is uncuttable, indivisible. Of course, they had no idea that modern science would eventually measure the average atom to be plus or minus 200 millionths of a centimeter, and that the atom would further be subdivided into even smaller particles called fermions, hadrons, quarks, leptons, and on and on it went, to say nothing of antimatter or antiparticles in and of their, with their mysterious qualities. As learning and thinking human beings, we've always sought to find the foundational core of our existence, the core of the universe, the core of who we are, the core of the self, thinking that if only we could get to the core we would explain the universe as it truly is. We suppose then that logic would somehow take, lead us up from that foundational core, let's say from leptons to atoms to molecules, on up the chain of cause and effect to finally, voila, us, homo sapiens, humans who are the knowing ones, the crown jewel of nature. The problem with all such quests that set out to find the core of life, the core of the universe, the core of the self, the core of anything really, has been a bit like peeling the layers of an onion and finding that the core of the onion is simply just another layer. You may remember in the first Shrek movie, Remember when Shrek was trying to explain donk to Donkey the nuanced essence of a, what an ogre was? He said, ogres are like onions. He wanted, we're, we're many-layered creatures. To which Donkey replied, oh, I get it. You leave them out in the sun too long and they, they go all brown and start sprouting little white hairs. Had Donkey read Gertrude Stein... He might have said of Shrek's comparing himself to an onion, if you peel all your layers down to the core, you discover Stein's oft-quoted phrase, there is no there, there, ogre. No core there. I have a dear friend, Alexander Grunwald, a neuroscientist at Caltech who went on to start the neuroscience program at the University of Madison, he and I co-led a religion and science forum two years at Caltech while we both lived in Pasadena. We had a wonderful conversations about the connection between the mind and the body, the brain and the mind. We wondered whether or not one could even speak of a core self. He would point out that our sense of who we are, that is our identity, is a product of biological processes of the brain. A person, he would point out, for example, 
who has been brain damaged can lose their self-awareness completely. He argued that when we speak of self, biologically speaking, we speak primarily of bundles of thoughts, feelings, emotions, electrical impulses overseen by some vaporous, vaporous eye. At any one moment, the core self is pretty much In his mind, a transient set of impulses that are recreated moment by moment with each interaction between a bunch of programmed brain cells mapping to body and stimulation. There is, he would say, no biological core self per se. His colleague in the field, Dr. Antonio Damasio, describes the sense of self as being created through memory, storytelling, and imagination, what he calls the autobiographical self. Dr. Paul Brokes, another neurologist, calls this sense of self the novelistic self and believes that any core self is fundamentally, as he calls it, an act of the imagination. We are the tales we tell. So this morning, whether you're a Christian, an atheist, a person of another religious faith, a would-be doctor, teacher, artist, you are the tale that you tell. You are the combination of pieces of truth, multiple selves, bundles of nerve fibers, atoms and elements, nerve endings and anxieties, anticipations, fears and hopes, all pulled together in bundles of complexity and coherence, or not for some, by biological and life processes, for sure. But when it comes to meaning in life, you are pulled together by sheer acts of imagination. The question for all of us to ask ourselves is this. What story or narrative, which bundle of core values, what belief system do we want to shape who we will become. For all of us, no less for the believer or non-believer, these are faith-seeking understanding questions. These are facts-seeking meaning questions. We have power to shape who we are by choosing what core values we place at the center of our being. At Goshen College, we want to offer you a story to consider that we believe could transform your life forever. The story we tell throughout your time with us here in classes, in our co-curriculars, in small groups, in study service terms, in worship, and in fun is a story shaped by these five core values woven together like a web, a web of belief at the center of who we are and hope to become. Compassionate peacemakers, passionate learners, servant leaders, global citizens centered in the life and teachings of Christ. Pull these core values apart and none of them are complete. Keep them together, weave them close to the center of the web of belief, and you may find yourself transformed by the union of their power. Powerful core values these are. Calling the Goshen College core values a web of belief 
reminds us of the tensile strength of a spider web silk, which is greater than the same weight in steel fibers with a much greater elasticity. Industry is trying to copy the microstructure of a web to build a bulletproof vests and artificial tendons. The center of the web is reinforced and extra strong. The same is true of core values when placed near the center of our lives. Make these values the core of your life, and ultimately, you can't go wrong. Live the core, and they will offer the steel-like structure for considering ideas and facts that you, can, that you encounter along the way. The core also offers flexibility, durable flexibility, a framework for organizing your whole life. The core can help you navigate the boisterous sea of exabytes and megabytes that you will be bombarded with in increasing momentum. The core will offer a structured story form with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and an ongoing coherence and shape to your life for the rest of your life. These are, of course, there are other great core values to live by, of course, but we believe these five core values, let's call them the Goshen core, can invite a sense of calling, inspire a vocation, help integrate a healthy identity, offer you grace and salvation, and help you succeed here and the rest of your life. Having these core values centered in the life and teachings of Jesus Christ will remind us that the most fundamental, the most fundamental building block of life, that spiritual atom, indivisible by any force, the primal reality undergirding existence itself, were we to name it the, the core of life and death itself, would be the simple truth that we are this morning, each and every one of us here, unconditionally loved by God. Period. End of story. Yet, it's the beginning of the rest of our lives to be known that we are unconditionally loved by God. Have a wonderful year, everyone. May you always know that you're loved by God and by all of us who serve and work at the college. And as a token and reminder of the transforming story that is our life here, we have a small gift to offer you on your, as you leave this morning, and you will collect that on the way out. I believe it is a fancy pen. And in it are our core values. <laughs> All right.